Verse number one, the Bible said, as you find it, please stand for the reading of God's word. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Father, help me just a little while as I speak to your precious people here tonight. God, that we as your people would be an obedient people. God, I know at times we all struggle with that, being obedient, wanting to make sure, God, that it's your voice. So, Father, help us tonight as we preach this word to them that, God, it would find a lodging place in their heart that they might not sin against thee. I pray, God, that you'd hear us tonight and touch us with thy hand. Mercy and grace be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 27. I want to read to you one verse there. Verse number 8. says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Now, if you know this story, you know she's fixing to be a deceiver. She's fixing to get the youngest son the blessings that belongs to the oldest. And she's saying, son, obey my voice. She's wanting him to go out and get a couple of lambs instead of the older son getting venison. And they're going to trick the daddy because the daddy is blind. And he's relying on the voice of who he hears and relying on the feel as he, his son, oldest son was Harry. So we hear the voice of this mother saying to her son, Obey my voice. Now he don't really want to do it. But he obeys the voice of his mother. You know, I thought about as we turn from there. Oh, by the way, the reason I wanted to read this one, this is the first time in the book it says obey. Amen. You say, well, what importance is that? Well, we're obeying one voice or another's. Amen. This was the wrong voice. We know that the trouble that we have in the Middle East started right here. Yeah. Uh, for you that don't know that, you need to read a little more in your Bible. James, turn there in chapter number 1. And verse number 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceive in your own selves. Are you with me? Be you doers. What are you preaching on tonight? Listen, if you're not a doer, then all you are is a hearer. And hearing ain't good enough. We got to be doers of the word. We're talking about obeying the voice tonight. We're talking about obeying the word of God. And God has many scriptures in here to show us what happens when you don't obey. Amen. You think about what I'm saying tonight. Boy, it's tough to preach in here tonight. Somebody ain't wanting it preached, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. 
It'll take me a little longer if you don't amen it. Right? Are you with me? Say amen. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. How many's ever said this statement? I know to do better than that. Yeah, I knew better. That means you didn't do better. You were a hearer, but you wasn't a doer. Amen. Boy, I wish I'd listen to my daddy a lot more than what I did. My mother also. And my elders that I was around. Because they tried to warn me of things that was coming if I kept in the path I was in. Why? Because they'd been in that same path. Their daddies and mamas and grandpas and grandmas, no doubt, had told them. And they just heard it and didn't do it either. You know, doing it is a great, great way of getting taught. When you go through it, you'll remember it. Whether it was good or bad, you're going to remember it. Amen. And, and isn't it funny, the method that he has chosen here, he said, be a doer. How many people sit in church every week, hear the word, and never do that word? So if we, and I've been asked this a lot, and I know Brother Terry has, and maybe even Chris. How do I, how do I serve God? Be a doer. Be a doer. What does the word teach us? Well, let's just back up to the Ten Commandments. That's a start at least. Right? Let's go. (laughs) Listen, if we know anything about the Word of God, God is always trying to get us to do something. That most of the time, let me use this phrase, a lot of times we're too lazy. Yeah, we know to do it. We know when to do it. We know how to do it. We're just too lazy to do it. Oh, me, right there in the thumping gizzard, shores the world. That got us all. Hey, I didn't leave nobody out of that one because God sent that one. Amen. Listen, be ye doers, not just hearers. And believe me, your life will be a lot better off when you become a doer and not just a... Listen, a real servant hears and then obeys. Amen. Listen. If you were in bondage as a servant and you heard and you didn't do, a lot of times you paid with your own life. They'd behead you. They'd put you in prison till you rotted away and died. Why? Because you heard, but you didn't do. So what is the consequences if we hear the word of God and we don't do it? Amen. Hell is the retirement plan there in case you didn't catch that. When we hear it and don't do it, hell is a retirement plan. You think about it, a servant will be obedient. Amen. <laughs> How many right here in the building tonight said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Then how many had to repent of that very statement? Everyone had ever said it. Because we've all come short in that statement. Amen. I'm talking about from the pulpit to the back door now. Because we all come to that. Listen, don't put me up on a pedestal and think that I'm perfect. Why do you think I get to preach these things? Because he preached it to me first. Amen. He's saying, son, are you just a hearer or a doer? Amen. Listen, 
We're talking about revival coming up. How many will be hearers and how many will be doers? Amen, preacher. That's right. How many heard it? Now listen, how many even made the statement, I'm going to do it. And then we don't do it. Isn't that the truth? I believe tonight that God is trying to motivate us into service. Amen. Listen, if you're in service for the Lord, you ought to be motivated. Let's turn, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Are you with me? What ought to motivate us? <laughs> Are we selfish? I deserve a little vacation, you know. I deserve a little time to myself. I'm just giving you what I've said to myself. If this hits your dog, and holler. Right? We're all selfish at times. Why do I have to go to church three times a week? Because God commanded us to. Yeah. Hey, if we really listen to the voice of God, we ought to be in the house of God every day. Amen. But we're selfish. We're selfish. The wrong motivation, amen. <laughs> if a servant is obedient, he is going to promote the welfare of all, not just him. When Terry Gardner is obedient to the Spirit, when Hired is obedient to the Spirit, when our brother Chris is obedient, when I'm obedient, it's for the welfare of all. So it's also when you're obedient. You say, well, that's just a preacher's job. No. What about a testimony? What about what God's done for you? <laughs> I often think of this, and this is a pastor thinking, and this is a pastor's way of thinking. Well, there's awful selfish to keep that. I'm glad to hear that testimony. When I, when I preach along these lines, I'm glad Tanya ain't here tonight. I think of Tanya getting up here singing after her daddy called her out. Said, oh, Tanya sings. She'd sat in this church for years and never sung, even in the choir. And I thought, well, how selfish can she be? Got that voice. Melanie Hensley, it was here today, same way. Come walking right down that aisle one night with a t uh, track on a tape. And I thought, well, she just wants me to play something. She said, no, I'm going to sing. I like to fell over. Isn't that selfish when we have that kind of talent and we have that treasure hid in our heart and we won't even give it for the glory of God? That's selfish. Now, I don't know about you, but I benefit from all the testimonies. I get a blessing out of all that sing. Listen, it don't have to be good. Amen, it really don't. I mean, Brother Richard Good gets up every once in a while, sings a song, and he says he ain't no good at it, but at least he's doing it. Amen, that's more than a lot of us can say. Be your doers, not hearers only. I'm going back to that. Why? Because that's where we're at. Listen. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You know, sometimes we'll do it if it'll benefit our, 
family. Or maybe it'll benefit my friends. Well, let's just get it down to the church. I'll get up and testify it'll benefit this side of the church. That'll make that side look bad. You think people ain't motivated that way? Yeah, there is people that's motivated that way. Well, I ain't going to let them out-motivate me over here. I'll get up and testify. I'll shout. He shouted, I'll shout. Hello. I'm preaching tonight. Is anybody hearing? (laughs) Isn't it the truth? Sometimes we're selfish in our motivations. Well, it'll make my crowd look good. Let me ask you a serious question. Is that the only time you ever work for God is when it'll make your crowd look good? Oh, I'll I'll clean tables out here, boy. They'll give me a cardboard cookie. I'll be the best table cleaner it ever was. And if that preacher don't brag on me, little boy, you're going to get your center fired up. That's the truth. Papa loves you, but it's preaching time. Pray for him. One precept upon precept. Amen. Listen, that's my grand young and I love him, but he's got to learn like the rest of you. <laughs> Grown-ups alike. There's times that the grown-ups talk when they ought to be shut up. There's times you ought to be talking when you are shut up. We're always got it in our own order, haven't we? Selfish motivation. What motivates you to serve God? Lord, I can't really afford it, but I'm putting a 20 in this morning. That preacher said, if I'd give, you'd give back in abundance. Lord, I I need this 20 to turn into 2,000. I'm preaching, are you hearing? Ain't that the way we give, God? You know I can't afford to give. Let me tell you something, friend. You can't afford not to give. You can't afford that. Hey, it'll cost you more than 2000 when you go to Robin God. Listen, I ain't just talking about money. I'm talking about your talent, your time. Hello, your abilities. Hey, man, there's a lot better singers in here than me. And I have to beg them. Amazing grace. What's your motivation? Is it not for the glory of God? If it's not for the glory of God, if you're wanting self-pat on the back, then that's all the glory you'll ever get. I want my reward hereafter. Amen. But I've heard the voice of God. And God said, go do it whether you get any recognition or not preach if they never come to the altar or not. Preach if they never shout. Preach son, just preach the word. Amen. Listen, that's all I'm responsible for is preaching this word. And it's your responsibility to hear and to do. Oh, preacher, don't put that load on me. I didn't, the Bible did. And you know, if you'll be obedient and your motivation's right, then God will get glory out of it. Listen, listen, friend, I'm going to help somebody tonight. It's not how good you are at it. 
is where your heart is when you do it. Right? Some of the most spiritual singing I ever heard was not in time. Was not in the right key. Surely they changed five keys in five seconds. Yes? But God was in it. God blessed it. People were moved by it. Why? Because their motivation was right. They didn't get up to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. They got up and wanted you to look at him, look at him, look at him. That's what it's all about, friend. Hey, there's a lot better preachers than I am. There ain't nobody likes it any better than I do. Amen. I didn't like it to start with. No, I was reluctant. I wanted to be a hearer, not a doer. Amen, Chris. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to motivate us tonight. I'm trying to get us to hear and then do and do it in the right motivation. Amen. What if one soul got saved simply because of your testimony? What if somebody came and rededicated their life because you told how God brought you back? Amen. How God forgave you of your sins and your past and all the troubles and trials and tribulations and how you were lazy on God. And it brought them back into the fold. Are you with me? Say amen. Turn over to the book of Colossians. You know I'm glad God loved me enough that he knows my heart. Amen. I can't even find it. I'm looking. Can't find it. They took it out of my book, Shores of the World. <laughs> it's in there. I know it's in there. Colossians chapter number 3. Are you there? Verse 17, you beat me. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Now, I'm not going to read that next verse. Men folk want me to, but I ain't going to. Amen, because a man likes to holler, amen, when the preacher says, Wives, submit yourself to your husband. <laughs> They'll holler, amen, every time. Brother Johnny Bullman had a little young preacher come to Shelby and preach for him. Said that young man, said, Brother Bullman, you're the head of the church. You're the pastor here. Said, I want you to come down front with me. He said, I went around front. Said, he called Carol, his wife, Johnny's wife up. and Said, preacher, I want you to bow down before her and say, I submit myself to you. He said, can you believe that young man asked me as a pastor to do that? He said, that's one of the only times my wife ever shouted in church. <laughs> Said when he said that, said you hollered, Amen. Johnny said it like to choke me to death to get down on my knees and look up at her and say, I submit unto you. Ain't that the way we do, God? I'm talking about being obedient tonight. It chokes us to death to say yes, God, and do what he's asked us to do. It chokes us when he just says, raise your hand a little bit. 
I mean, we'll sit there and clench our fists rather than just raise a hand and get a blessing. And when somebody sees you raising their hand, it might bless them. They might have been sitting over there praying and said, Lord, if somebody will raise their hand and praise you a little bit, I'll just go to the altar. That may be the sign they're looking for. Amen. I, I tell you, God is good to us. And he said, whatsoever you do, do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Who are you doing it for? I want to help you tonight. Forgiving someone else is not for them, it's for you. Because if you don't forgive them, God cannot, will not, never will, never has forgiven you. Oh, yes, he has, preacher. He knows how they treated me. He knows how you treated him, too. You know your sins is the one that put him on the cross, right? It wasn't his sins. It was my sins, your sins, that hung him on that cross. But yet he uttered not a word. And said, Father, forgive them. It wasn't for him, it was for them. Amen. So God heard the prayers. And you and I have the opportunity tonight to do it in word and deed. What does he say? Talk about it and then do it. (laughs) My wife will tell you I'm a procrastinator. I won't stand up here and tell you I ain't. I'll put it off as long as I can. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll rust down, wash away. Won't be a need for it or something. I don't know. But sometimes I just procrastinate. Sometimes we get, and we use this a lot, Brother Terry and I and others, we're in the planning stages. Yeah, we've got to plan this thing out now. But it never goes no further. Can I get an amen right there? It never goes no further. We're always in the planning stage, but we're never in the doing stage. Oh, I plan to go to the altar. Well, when are you going to do it? I plan to sing a song. Well, when are you going to do it? I plan on giving my testimony. When are you going to do it? Well, when the time is right. Oh, I'm preaching tonight and you ain't liking it. <laughs> Why? Because I done crawled in your living room. We're in the planning stages, but we never get it done. We'll even go to the drafting board and draft it out, draw it out, figure it out, analyze it, figure the cost, and still don't do it. Move on, he said. <laughs> Move on, he said. <laughs> I've got ten laying over there. It's been laying at my house two years. It ain't jumped up on that roof yet. A couple years ago, I told Terry, I said, we'll go out and do your shopping, face your board and stuff one day. We ain't done it. We're in the planning stages. Oh, yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, we even think about what it'll take, how long it'll take, how much money it'll take, how much effort it'll take. 
but we never get around to doing it. <laughs> my brother's sweating over there, and I throwed myself in the same batch. Amen. Your wife and mine's a grinning. <laughs> Lord, let me move on to another point, please. My own preaching's killing myself. <laughs> Let's turn to Acts chapter number three. Hey, you just remember, I had to get this before you did. Is there anything I said not been true? Can I honestly tell you this? I've only met one person in my whole life that was planning on going to hell. Stood right here in this church. Just me and him. He said, I'm going to hell. I said, son, you don't have to. He said, that's where my daddy's at. And he said, I want to go see my daddy. I said, I want to tell you something, son. When you get to hell, your daddy's going to hate your guts. He said, what do you mean? I said, there ain't no love in hell. There ain't no mercy in hell. There ain't no grace in hell. It's torment down there. He stood right there. He was that close to the altar. He said, I'm going to hell anyway. I said, well, son, there ain't nothing I can do for you. So he's the only one I know that's really planned on going to hell. But everybody else you talk to says, no, I don't want to go to hell. But they ain't making no effort not to. Amen. They ain't saved. They ain't hooked up with the local church. They they ain't their voices never heard in the congregation. They never give no tithes. They never give no offering. They never give no testimony. So evidently they're going to hell and they don't even realize it. They're going to hell if they don't change their ways. Amen. Acts chapter three and verse number sixteen. Are you there? And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, who ye see, and know, yea, the faith which is by, are you with me, say, amen. Him that hath given him his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. Now, listen. We can't claim to be ignorant all the time. We know better. We live in the Bible Belt. And I'll be honest with you, I've met some young folks over the years. I'll never forget, I was in the tag line back when they used to have the standing line for a half a mile to get your tag. And this little fellow was in front of me and I gave him one of my cards and his mama was with him. He might have been three or four somewhere in that neighborhood. And he said, who's this man's picture? I said, that's Jesus, son. And he turned and tugged on his mama's dress tail. He said, mama, this is Jesus. I've never seen him. And I thought, she's chosen never to tell him about Jesus. That household has never had a picture of salvation or Christ in it. Or that young'un would know it. 
and its mama was ashamed and just turned her head and never even answered that little feller. And I thought, God, take this effort and use it to open their eyes. They can't claim ignorance now because that mother heard my voice, heard the name Jesus, heard that he was a Savior, heard that he loved you. So mama can't claim ignorance when she stands before God. I don't know her name. I don't need to know her name. God does. God knows where her heart is. That little feller told on her, didn't he? Same way that little feller did at Trinity Hill when he got up and preacher Carl got him, got down, got him a microphone. He wanted to sing. He rared back and said, You're cheating hard. Preacher Carl said, that's enough, son, that's enough. That little feller was singing what he had heard. He evidently hadn't played no gospel songs around the house or the little feller would have sung a gospel song. So he is telling on mama they were in church. They were in a good place to hear. So they can't claim ignorance, can they? You know something tonight? In Jesus' name is the power. Can I help all of us? It's not Free Will Baptist. It's definitely not Dennis Ensley or Terry Gardner or Chris Heiss or Hired Revis, as good a man as they are. It's the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to promote Dennis. I, I'm definitely not trying to promote this house of God. I'm trying to promote the house of God. Because without promoting Jesus and his house, then I have the wrong motivation. I also have not the right means of service. He said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Are you with me? Say amen. You ever heard Jesus preached? Then you can't claim ignorance, can you? Are you with me? Say amen. Thank you, Lord, for the good rain I hear. Acts chapter number 4, verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you will speak the word of God with boldness. I'm trying to help us tonight because we're not obedient is the only reason that we wouldn't be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if we're obedient, he's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll speak with boldness about your Savior. Oh, I'm meek and timid. No, you ain't. I saw you at the ball game. I seen you when they was wrestling on television. You throw the chokehold on it. Yeah, you get excited about what you want to get excited about. But if the Holy Ghost is in you, he'll get you excited. There'll be something flip-flop in your heart, make you jump and shout and run the aisle, ring the bell, cry. You'll do something. 
You may not do exactly what I do, but you'll do something when the Holy Ghost comes. You'll stand up with boldness and proclaim him. I'm talking about being obedient. Listen, can I help you tonight? You will not sit there long and take a whipping from the Holy Ghost of God by being disobedient before he turns his back on you. And said, if you don't want to be obedient, I just won't visit with you no more. Are you with me? Say amen. And people wonder why they're cold and indifferent on God. Well, God come by a million times and you wouldn't obey. You wouldn't even raise your hand with you. You wouldn't shed a tear. You wouldn't pray. You wouldn't do anything. So why would God keep coming if we're not going to obey? I've heard people over the years go to begging God. God, please let me feel your presence once again. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody that's been cold and indifferent on God so long that they give anything for just one more taste? I heard this when I first got saved in 1987. It was told to us as a true story at Trendy Hill. Young lady in revival went to the altar crying and begging and pleading with God to save her. Her daddy come up and knelt down beside of her and said, get up from here and go back to your seat. You're embarrassing me. That young lady left the house of God, turned to drugs and illicit sex, and she's dying with AIDS. Her daddy goes to her bedside in the hospital, and they said she just had an hour or two to live, and her daddy is begging her to call upon God. And her voice rings out and says, Daddy, I will never embarrass you again. And she died without God. Now who's at fault there? We get them to the altar and sometimes we run them off. Or they come and they get right with God and we will not help them. We will not guide them. We will not, we quit praying for them. Oh, they got saved, we ain't no need to pray for them. <laughs> you better pray double hard then. And I've noticed that churches, when somebody gets saved, especially churches that been founded a long time, they'll load that young Christian down with every job in the building till they burn him out. And then they wonder why they don't come anymore. Amen. You know we got a lot to answer for, ain't we? Is every word you've ever said been right? Is every deed you've ever done been right? Is ever <laughs> information given been correct no has all your advice been right no sometimes we want to go by personal opinion selfish motives justifying what you're doing oh I don't think that I don't care what you think what does the word of God say that's what I'm going to be judged by, not what you think. I'm going to obey this voice, but we'll obey man's voice before we will listen. Dr. Spooky Spock said it, and I believe it, right? God's been saying it for thousands of years. I can't get you to believe it. And I've said this. Brother Terry, you correct me if I'm wrong. Brother Howard, you correct me. 
I spend six months to a year on one little precept and get you almost totally believing it and some John Brown from nowhere come by and change your mind the first time they ever speak. Am I correct, men? I mean, a pastor will spend months and weeks on a subject and get you almost grounded in it. Some nut come by with easy living, motivational speaking, yeah, and sway you the other way. When that pastor in your community, in your local church, has begged and pleaded with God with words to give you that would get you closer to the cross, not further away, and you'd believe somebody that you've never met in your life before you'd believe your pastor. Ooh, boy, that's tough. And swallow that one. Oh, yeah, I've seen that happen a lot. Are you with me? Say amen. Am I telling you the truth? And when they had prayed, are you with me in verse 31? The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at that word all. They were all in the same place. They were all in the same mind. And the same Holy Ghost filled them all. And they spake with the word of God with boldness. I can speak about this book and these words with boldness. These words and this was found by God himself. Are you with me? Say amen. All right, turn back with me, if you will, in the book of Colossians, and I'll try to close. You don't want to go out in that rain, no how. Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number 23, the Bible said, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not unto men, you get in trouble if you're looking for man's approval. Because I guarantee you, I can honestly, and these other pastors can tell you, everybody's not going to agree with you, even if they are a member of your church. I'll never forget, a friend of mine had a confidence vote at his church. And everybody told him, don't do it, don't do it. He stood up and said, if I ain't got 100%, I'm gone. Well, I'll guarantee you the devil will put two or three in there. You'll never get 100%. Hey, if I'd have got over 50, I'd have shouted. Oh, yeah. Uh, my ex-daughter-in-law used to tell me, she said, don't ever bring it up. I'll vote against you. She said it right back there. Penny. You know it's Penny. She loved me. And she would say that to aggravate me. She said, don't ever bring it up. I'll vote against you. Right? Who are you doing it for? Listen, I want to tell you something. If I was listening to people, I'd have quit about three months after I went to pastor. Oh, yeah, I heard every excuse. I heard every idea. I heard I was doing everything wrong. I, I couldn't tell you how many people say, well, that ain't the way we do it. You ever heard that heard? I've had people say, well, you're supposed to sing three songs and take up an offering and then preach. 
Well, where's that written down in the book? Why can't I just sing one song, get happy and preach? Why can't they just start the introduction in the morning for Sunday school and get glory come in the house and let's just worship God? I've had people tell me, well, you didn't read the book today. I've had that said. Well, do I have to read the book? Can't you read it for yourself? Is that the only gospel you ever hear is what your preacher reads in your hearing? Then you're a starved to death Christian. Because we don't have time to read all they need to read. Amen. If we did, you wouldn't come back. Hello. Well, he read scripture for an hour and a half and then preached for an hour. I ain't going back down there. Preacher, you need to read more scripture. That same way you ladies do when you look at me and say, Preacher, you're getting awful fat. I put a cake in your car. I put a pie in there. A loaf of bread. Some of that pasta we had left over. Preacher, you're getting awful fat. <laughs> I was offered cookies this morning before we ever got started. Knowing I was on a diet, trying to not to eat this stuff. But ain't that the way it goes? Listen, church. Are you being obedient to the voice of God? Now, let me help us, and I will try to go. This is the voice of God. This book is God speaking to you. He came in the volume of a book. This word was made flesh and dwelled among us. Stay with me, I'm closing. And they still didn't believe the flesh that was among them. Am I right? They're still looking for the Messiah. They're still, listen, we got to pray for them because God commanded us to pray for Israel. And if America had its way right now, they'd turn their back on Israel right now. And when America's leaders turn their back on Israel, God will turn his back on us. Being obedient to the voice. That's what I was trying to preach here tonight. Not just hear it, but be doers. Have the right motivation when you're doing it. Amen. And doing it for the right person. I don't want my name to ever be in a big billboard headlines. No, put Jesus up there. My name will never get you nowhere. My name in $3 probably gets you a cup of coffee somewhere. Make sure you got $3 because my name ain't going to help. Hello? You might or not use my name at the 10. Are you obedient? Let us stand. Brother Chris, come and play. Are you serving him with your whole heart? <clears throat> Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect to person. 
That finishes out that third chapter there in Colossians. God's speaking to your heart. You've been hearing, but you've not been obeying much. Would you come? Just have a talk with Jesus tonight. Tell him, Lord, I want to be an obedient, not just a hearer, but I want to be a doer. Help me to do it, Lord. Help me to do it. Lord, when I can, let me sing. Lord, when I can testify, let me testify. Lord, when I can run or shout or ring the bell as the Holy Spirit would guide, let me do it for your glory. Let me do it that somebody would see Jesus in the house. Feel the holy presence of a holy God. Calling unto him, come unto me all you that are heavy laden. He wants you to have that rest. He wants you to have that peace. He wants you to have that joy. Would you come? You've heard his voice now. Be a doer. He's calling you to an altar. Come. Come and pray. They're kneeling, they're praying tonight. Is there a place up here got your name on it? Hear the voice tonight. Be obedient that God may get the glory. Lord, if I could win only one and be a hindrance to none, 